Adam Roberts, British science fiction writer, academic, and professor at the University of London. He's author of 25 science fiction novels. This is the first episode of the Adam Roberts series. Oh, the this. Yeah, you want to tell us a little bit about the this and then we'll... Go into Purgatory Mount. Now, this is a there's a kind of backstory to the, this, which is maybe dull, but I'm going to go into it anyway. Uh, a few years ago, I wrote a novel called The Thing Itself, and the thing itself is this isn't going to this is going to sound rather unappealing, and I think that's fitting because it's quite an unappealing novel. But I'm going <laughs> to pitch it anyway. The thing itself is a kind of novelization of Immanuel Kant's critique of pure reason kind of mashed up with John Carpenter's film, The Thing. And and I, I for an academic project that I did, I had to read, I mean, I'd read, I'd read about Kant. I thought I had an idea of what Kant's philosophy meant, but I had to actually read The Critique of Pure Reason for an academic thing, and then I thought, well, there's some interesting stuff in here. And it occurred to me that science fiction writers often take the kind of hard sciences, physics and chemistry and biology, and extrapolate right. those ideas, but they more rarely will they take philosophy which is also kind of part of that you know metaphysics part of the sort of sciences and a broad conception of it and philosophy is full of really cool ideas and it's rarely the premise for a science fiction story so i took some of the ideas from that kant book and i extrapolated them and they're to do with the fermi paradox and with alien invasion and with consciousness and um also with whether there's a god or not and the thing itself is what Kant calls reality. He says we can't access it. We, we don't really know what it's like uh, in German because he was a German philosopher. He called it the Ding an sich. Um, all we know is what we perceive, what our eyes tell us, and what our, you know, what we touch and smell and taste and so on. And he thought the thing itself is far stranger than we could ever know because all we know is our version of it in our heads. So I use that as a premise for thinking, well, perhaps once we get artificial intelligence, we'll have a different perspective on what reality actually is, and we can triangulate and get a sense of what's happening. And I spin that as a kind of Lovecraftian horror, some kind of alien uh, nasties and speculations on this and that. And it was it was a kind of big, ambitious novel. And I worked on that for a while, producing this kind of Kantian science fiction with this yeah. kind of pulp aesthetic, because I also love John Carpenter's The Thing, it's not a very clever conceptual pun, the Kant's thing in itself and John Carpenter's The Thing. Uh, but I do like puns. I like puns and uh, verbal puns, but also puns that put ideas together in, in ways that, that makes something suggestive out of their right. overlay. So anyway, I put that uh, out. I think it's a, it's a good yin-yang mix. You got Kant and, and John Carpenter. So that's, that's, a, that's a big walk. Yeah. I, I, don't, I think that's a pretty good <laughs> plan, actually. Not many people will get that on the outset. And then when they start reading it, they go, oh, oh, oh. <laughs> I'm quite proud of the thing itself, I have to say. But it's hard for me to know because the, the, I have the worst perspective on which of my novels are good and which are bad because obviously I'm the writer. 
any person who reads one of my novels is in a better place to tell me whether it's good or bad than I am. But I thought it was I thought it was good, and I wanted to try and do something similar. So I thought I'll use Hegel instead of Kant, because it's also an excuse for me to be able to finally say, okay, I've read Hegel's phenomenology. I've got a sense of what Hegel's about. So I wrote the this. I mean, the the title the this is uh, is from Hegel. And Hegel, he finds it really fascinating that that English, well, you know, the, the equivalent of German, but if we just take that English word, this, it can mean, it both means something really, really specific. So I talk about, you know, this mug, it means just this mug and not any of the other mugs in the world. And yet, he says, that word, this, can be applied to literally anything. So in another sense, it's the most generalizing word imaginable. Anything can be a this. Yeah. And that contrast between the kind of absolution, everything together, the generality of everything, and the incredible specificity of what it means to be alive and to live in this world is right at the heart of what Hegel's interested in. So I find that, and I was saying earlier, it's not a title my publisher likes. I had to struggle quite hard to keep it, actually, because they were saying, you know, it's no, it's a, it's a, well, they didn't like it. They thought it was a, a dumb title. They're probably right. But also they thought it was a stupid title. People won't be able to find my book if they Google it. They'll just get lots of other hits. It will confuse book scan uh, programming. They won't be able to parse it because it's, you know, it's two prepositions instead of being the usual form of a title. That's the book scan people's fault. You're just trying to yeah, title no, your no, book. No. Come on, man. <laughs> <laughs> it's like since when do you, since when do you have to uh, bend to the current technologies? We're talking about science fiction here. Good God! <laughs> exactly. So, and I think I'm you know, I'm past the stage now where I have to I have to worry too much about whether I'm going to have a massive J.K. Rowling style bestseller. Because clearly, I won't. When I have a small dedicated fan base, I'm very grateful to my fans, but they're not there aren't very many of them, and they don't mind if I call a book the this or if I base it on Hegel's <laughs> phenomenology. So Hegel, one of Hegel's ideas is that, well, yeah, I, I'll be honest, I read Kant and I thought, okay, I think I've got a sense of what Kant is on about here. And then I read Hegel and I'm still not quite sure what he's on about, to be honest. But apparently it's the whole of history is this, the, the world spirit coming to understand itself and to realize itself. And all of us individuals can find a place in this kind of a large you could call it a collective hegel was very influential on marx and karl marx's ideas karl marx materialized hegel's kind of spiritual narrative so he said instead of it being about a world spirit it's now about history and politics and society and we will set up said marx true communism in which everybody all the individuals will take their place and find true meaning as part of the collective. Mm. And it's kind of a, it's kind of a, a slightly old fashioned reading Hegel back through Marx, my novel. So it's it, it science fiction. It becomes about a hive mind. And I'm, I'm really interested in those science fiction stories uh, that imagine what it would be like to be part of a hive mind, like the Borg in Star Trek, let's say yeah. it's kind of horrific, but it's also weirdly compelling it's also about Twitter, I have to say. I'm not allowed to call it Twitter in the book for fear of being sued. But that's what the this is in terms of the logic of the story, that this is a kind of social media platform. 
one of my connections uh, with the uh, with the short story version is uh, which I discovered on 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 Clark's World is uh, so in, in the eighties when I was in graduate school I was. I worked. I had a job in, in school as well, uh, supporting uh, IT. I was the, the PC administrator, so I would go around and help people's keep people's computers operating or give them upgrades, et cetera, et cetera. And uh, I was recruited or being recruited by a fellow who supports the Antarctica uh, science missions. And so I was this close to to perhaps living some part of this, <laughs> but Very I, I cool. backed out yeah. at the end because <laughs> I thought it's going to put off my uh, grad, graduate uh, finishing graduate school another year. So, anyways, there was a number of reasons, but that that was like, wow, this is this is where I could have been. I could have been dealing with this kind of stuff. <laughs> That's fantastic. That's excellent. Sci-Fi Thoughts wants to expand. We want to grow from not just your podcast player, but to spread to your co-workers, your family, and your friends. But I haven't got any friends. Why, you little... One, two, three... Oh, no, you don't. We know you've got friends who are who are into the science, who are into science fiction. These are the people who are playing Halo and Stellaris and, and other space games instead of watching college football. There are the ones in the NASA t-shirts who are busy inventing something with their 3D printers. Email them a link to this podcast. Send them a social media request. Heck, even speak to them and tell them that you've enjoyed the show. The main point is to impress upon them how much you enjoy sci-fi thoughts. Tell them to go to the URL sci-fi thoughts.space. Don't keep sci-fi thoughts secret because keeping secrets from science fiction fans just isn't nice. In this episode's show notes, you will see a TEDx talk by Adam Roberts and assortment of other activities. Where are the show notes? Check out the show notes in the podcast player app. You just need to go click on in the app and you will see the notes there. If you don't use a podcast player, but you downloaded the MP3, just go back to this website where you got it and you will see those words right there. Next episode, more Adam Roberts. So let's talk about Purgatory Mount. Give us an introduction of the main character. What, what does he want? Or I'm assuming a he. I haven't read it. So what does the main character want? And why do they want it? And what's stopping him? So that's, yeah, those are, these are good questions. And those are good questions if you're, if you're thinking of writing a novel. This is, this is how you need to frame the story. Yeah, Purgatory Mount is the main character is actually a, is a, a, a girl. In fact, oh, I'm trying to think. The, it's a, it's a slightly complex structure. It's it's in two parts. One part is set in the very far future, in which uh, kind of super evolved humans are exploring the galaxy in 
spaceships and then you're writing science fiction story you have to make that decision are you going to have spaceships that can go faster than light or are they going to go you know, stay within the kind of newtonian einsteinian constraints of real physics and so i chose the latter so these spaceships take hundreds of years to get where they're going but that doesn't matter because these super evolved kind of cyborg humans can slow down time as far as they're concerned so it only seems to them to take a short time and they find this planet and it has this gigantic kind of alien superstructure on it which is again it's kind of a standard opening gambit for science fiction but it looks like the mount of purgatory from dante's divine comedy <laughs> 